0: Well, hey there, everybody. It is Nurse Mo, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. Today is episode 87, and we will be talking about the five W's of post op fever. So before we hop into that, let's take a quick moment for a listener shout out. Today, we are shouting out to Madeline. Hey, Madeline. And Madeline wrote Straight A Nursing has helped me understand concepts in 30 minutes that my Teacher couldn't in the classroom. I will be using this all through my nursing school and career. Madeline, thank you so much for taking the time to rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. And messages like this, you guys, they completely make my day. I read every single one of them. I make my husband read them. I screenshot them and send them to my friends and my team. And it just makes me so happy to know that I'm helping you because that is the whole point of all of this. Okay, so today we're talking about post-operative fevers. So when you're in clinical and you're taking care of post-op patients or you're working on your care plans for post-op patient or you're even taking an exam and it is talking through a scenario about a post-operative patient, one of the things that's always going to be top of mind is that you're going to be watching them for any signs that they're having a potential complication. And sometimes the complications are really subtle, um, and sometimes they're a little bit more obvious, but regardless, the body is really good at giving you clues. So one of the clues that you'll see that your patient could be having a potential post-operative complication is a fever. So when we look at the causes of a post-op fever, you may often hear it referred to as the five W's, and that's just to make it an easier way to remember what these five things are, you can make the case that each of them starts with the letter W and you'll see when we get into it. So let's just dive right in with the very first one. The first W cause of a post-op fever is wind. So wind is referring to lungs. So you see what I mean when you can kind of make the case that they all start with W. It's not a direct correlation, but it prompts you to remember wind is lungs. So after surgery, patients are still, you know, really groggy from their anesthesia, from the pain medications that they got. And both of those things are going to contribute to patients not taking full, deep breaths. It will also contribute to them not getting out of bed and mobilizing like they normally would. And when patients don't take full deep breaths and exercise their lungs, they get atelectasis and can also get pneumonia. So those are both post-operative complications that you are going to be watching out for. So as you learned in your med-surg course or will learn in your med-surg course, getting a patient out of bed after surgery is one of the most important things that you can do for your patients. Even those patients that have open heart surgeries, you know, and we think, wow, that's got to be incredibly painful and incredibly delicate surgery on patients who were really sick. Those patients are not lying around in bed. They are getting out of bed and sitting in the chair the morning after their surgeries. And if someone whose chest was forcibly cracked and held open, can get out of bed and sit in a chair the very next morning, your patient who had a laparoscopic appendectomy can do the same. And I will tell you, I am so guilty of this. I had my appendix out way before I became a nurse, several years before I even thought about going to nursing school. And I was the worst patient ever. I was in pain. It hurt. You are surprised at how much you use your abdominal muscles to do anything. And I just did not get out of bed. And so I had to stay in the hospital an extra night. So there you go. Don't be that patient, okay? And don't let your patients be that patient. No one explained to me when I had my appendix out why they wanted me to get, get out of bed. I just thought they were being mean. Um, if they had said that I needed to get out of bed to prevent pneumonia and complications, I most likely would have done it when I was supposed to. So you will learn, or maybe you've learned already, that immobility causes a lot of complications in patients, including that respiratory compromise post-operatively. So let's say you've got a patient and they've had surgery and maybe they've got a mild fever. Maybe their oxygen saturation levels aren't as high as you would expect them to be. Take a listen to their lungs. Um, you'll learn how to do this in first semester most likely. And if the lungs sound Crackly, like Rice Krispies popping open when the patient takes a deep breath, it's very possible that the patient has atelectasis, which is collapsed alveoli that when they pop open, they make that little crackly sound. And I've done a whole um, episode on atelectasis, which I will link to as well, because it's actually very interesting. So, what you will do is you'll have the patient do some deep breathing, use that incentive spirometer, that little contraption that they breathe into. Well, they don't breathe into the contraption. They hold the contraption into their mouth and take a deep breath in, and that helps them exercise and really open up their lungs. And doing that can often help resolve a post-op fever caused by atelectasis. However, a fever could be a more ominous sign of something more serious like a pneumonia. So if your patient has a fever, has their lower O2 sat, needs more and more oxygen, possibly has an elevated white count, it might be a good idea to ask the MD if she'd like a chest x-ray. Typically, these lung-related fevers occur within about 48 hours after surgery, so you need to be very watchful of those fresh post-op patients. So the second W that is a cause of a post-op fever is water. And when we say water, we're referring to urine, we're referring to urinary tract infection. So let's say it's been a few days after the surgery and your patient develops a fever. Another common cause, like I said, is that urinary tract infection due to the Foley catheters that are often used during surgery. Even if that catheter comes out right away, it is still possible that during the insertion bacteria was introduced. So if your patient has a Foley cath or had one during surgery, you want to be mindful that they could have a UTI. If they currently have one, you want to get that out as soon as possible. The best way to prevent a UTI is to not use a catheter in the first place. And the second best way to prevent a catheter associated UTI is to just get it out as soon as possible. Surprisingly, a lot of patients may ask that they're fully stay in place because they just don't want to have to get out of bed to use the commode or go to the bathroom because they're in pain. So you can't let that dictate the use of a Foley catheter it's very important to explain to the patient that the Foley catheter actually has a lot of risks associated with it mainly that urinary tract infection but that could also lead to something even more serious which would be sepsis so definitely don't want to leave Foley catheters in and then you would also want to explain to them that mobilizing is going to help prevent that postoperative pneumonia as well as blood clots so getting the patient up out of the bed to the commode is really good for them in so many ways. And if that catheter is in place, doing very meticulous uh, Foley catheter care, is essential to keeping the bacteria from getting in where they don't belong. So at the facility that I work at, we have special wipes that we use once per shift to clean the peri region and the catheter itself to help prevent a catheter-associated UTI. And we're actually using Foley catheters a lot less thanks to the addition of something called a Wick, which is an external female catheter which is this great little device if you guys see it in your clinical rotation. We call it the blue hot dog because it kind of looks like a blue hot dog. Um, Anyway, it's an ability to have a urine kind of management system on your female patients that's not a Foley catheter, so it has that less risk of infection associated with it. Okay, so we've talked about two of the W's for causes of post-op fever. Now let's go to number three, which is Walking and walking refers to deep vein thrombosis. So, there are studies that do show a correlation between deep vein thrombosis or DVT and fever. So, if your post op patient develops an elevated temperature, it's probably a good idea to consider if it could be related to a DVT. Ask yourself if the patient has been mobilizing. Consider where his surgery site is. Some surgeries will put patients at higher risk of DVT than others. Is the patient on DVT prophylaxis, such as heparin or Lovenox? Is he wearing his SCDs? Is he getting up and walking around? So if the answer to any of these questions is a no, then it could be possible that the cause of the fever is that deep vein thrombosis and should be mentioned to the MD so that she can evaluate the patient Thoroughly. The reason we worry so much about a DVT is that the clots can break free from the location of their origin and travel to the lungs where they cause a pulmonary embolism, which could be a very urgent, very life threatening condition. So, yet again, another reason to get patients out of bed after surgery is to help prevent deep vein thrombosis. Okay, so now I think this is the fourth one, the fourth W for. Causes of post op fever is wound, and wound means wound. So, this one's easy. So, we're going to take a look at that surgical site. So, fresh out of surgery, usually the dressing. Will be removed the next morning by the surgeon. So you wouldn't necessarily be peeking at it fresh out of surgery. But if you were to, it should be pinkish, maybe even a little bit red. It's going to be a little bit angry initially, but it should not be warm or have purulent drainage. So the edges should be well approximated, meaning that there's no big gaps, and it shouldn't be causing your patient an out of control amount of pain. Of course, they're going to be in pain after surgery, but if the pain seems to be more related to the incision site, then that could be a sign of if an infection at that location. So... Like I said, typically surgeons will do the first takedown of that initial dressing, and that's usually the day after surgery, but of course it can really depend on the surgeon and the type of surgery that the patient had. But you'll notice as you're watching it over the next day and few days, it will get less and less pinkish, less swollen, and that's what you want to see. If you start seeing it getting more pink, more red, more swollen, um, not well approximated, more painful. Uh, warmth, any kind of drainage that's not just, you know, sanguinous or serosanguinous, then that would be cause for concern about an infection at that wound. And just be aware that a post-op wound infection can occur at any time until that wound is healed. So even if it's a week after surgery, there could still be an infection that can start brewing in that uh, surgical incision site or that post-op wound. Okay, so let's move on to the fifth and final W cause of a post-op fever, and that is wonder drug. I don't know who comes up with these, but I guess they really needed it to be another W. So drugs that can cause a fever are considered the wonder drugs. Some anesthetic agents used during surgery can cause patients to develop a postoperative fever. Uh, Blood products can cause a posto-operative fever, and also any medication that the patient might be allergic to, such as antibiotics, a very common culprit for this. So note that your patient could have a reaction to any medication given during their hospitalization. So keep that in mind, especially when you're giving them a drug that's new to them for the very first time. It's a good idea to keep a close eye on your patient when you give that first ever dose. So if they start to have a reaction to something, you can stop the infusion immediately. You know, if you're giving it over an IV, like over 30 minutes or over an hour, you would stop it immediately and let the MD know right away. So Giving patients a first dose medication, always important if it's an IV medication that you're hanging out with them initially and watching for a reaction. If it's a pill, you know, pills can take up to an hour to have their full onset. So you'd want to let the patient know what signs to watch for so that they can call you if they start having any of those problems. So let's just quickly recap what the five common causes of post-op fever are using our five W's, so it was wind, water, walking, wound, and wonder drug. Wind related to lungs, looking at atelectasis, possibly pneumonia. Water referred to urinary tract infection key here is to get those Foley's out right away. If it's in place, you're doing meticulous Foley care every shift. Walking refers to deep vein thrombosis. You want to make sure patients have SCDs. If they have a need for further prophylaxis, you know, do they have their heparin? Do they have their Lovenox? And are they mobilizing? Are they getting out of bed and walking around? W refers to wound. You're going to keep a close eye on that surgical site, watching for signs of infection. And then the final one is wonder drug, all those drugs that can cause a fever, mainly looking at blood products and antibiotics. So I hope that helps you guys understand some of the things that you'll watch for and how you'll help take care of patients post-operatively. And before we say goodbye for today, I wanted to remind you guys that if you're having any kind of struggle in nursing school or just finding that you are needing some extra help with your studying, I do have a fabulous recess for you guys, and it's called the Med Surge Success Pack. So this Med Surge Success Pack has detailed amazing notes on 10 foundation subjects that you're most likely learning about in your initial med surge course. And that is respiratory, renal, cardiovascular, neurology, gastrointestinal, stress and fatigue, diabetes, IV therapy, immunity, and stroke. And that covers 94 pages of very detailed, researched, and very organized notes in your med surge course that can really help you connect the dots and understand difficult concepts a lot more clearly. So if you're interested in that, it is available on my website at straightanursingstudent.com. Click on study guides in the nav bar. We are changing the website if it's not already revamped it should still be really easy to find when you go to straidienursingstudent.com so click on the link and it'll take you right to it so that is one tip i can give you and i do have a testimonial from Ariel who says I bought these and had them all printed and bound into a little book that I carry with me during clinical. It's been super helpful as I can't bring my phone or too many resources. They've also been hugely useful when studying for exams. So there you go. Don't take my word for it. Take Ariel's word for it. And if you're just looking for a little extra support from your peers, head on over to Facebook and join the Thriving Nursing Students Facebook group. If you search for Thriving Nursing Students, it will come up. Click the Request to Join button. Prove to me that you're not a robot. There's three, uh, two or three simple questions, and then you'll be in the group. And I have to say, I am every day just... Amazed and so proud of the support that all the students in the group show one another. It's a super positive environment. It's just fantastic. So, if you're looking to be around other students who are positive and proactive and really trying hard to succeed in nursing school and not just complaining all the time, but actually taking steps to improve their approach to nursing school and help others do the same, then this is the group for you. So, I invite you to come check it out. Again, it's thriving nursing students, just search for it on Facebook. So I will see you there and I will see you back here next week when we talk about my best tips for taking vital signs like a total professional. So I'll see you then. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.